This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Tip of the Iceberg Podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlansky, and as always, I am joined by Nick Horwat, who is not wearing a matching shirt, even though he was about five minutes ago. But that's all right. I'll rock the Seattle Kraken gear, and then some other day you'll you can wear it when I don't wear it. I was fine with matching, but I guess it was an issue for him. Horwat, why didn't you want to match with me? So actually, ironically, I was wearing a different shirt entirely before we got on the call. And then I realized, oh, it's the Bar Down Breakdown shirt that I wore last recording. <laughs> and I don't know why my conscience was just like, don't wear the same shirt two episodes in a row. Don't know why. Not an issue. I don't even think you posted any videos of... Of the last uh, one? I don't think I did either. So, like, it wouldn't have even been noticed. <laughs> but I said, okay. So I just grabbed another shirt. And I don't have many options because I'm currently cat-sitting slash house-sitting. Uh, that's probably why I sound a little more echoier. I'm in a massive basement right now. And so I just tossed my Kraken shirt on because I only brought like a couple. And then I saw you were wearing the same one. And I said, I'm wearing two shirts. I will just take this one off. And I, I still didn't go back to <laughs> throwing on my yeah. other shirt. But I literally just threw the shirt on to went up. To went up. Wow. English is not easy. I just threw the shirt on to go to get Wendy's breakfast this morning. That's literally, there was no planning behind it at all. Oh, yeah. Behind my computer right now is like a half-eaten sheets breakfast burrito. So, uh, oh. But I also haven't had coffee yet today, so I'm tired. So I, I'm going to I'm gonna feel that, uh, that, what's it called, that English is hard thing. Mm, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, obviously, this is our first episode in the midst of training camp because it is fully underway. We have storylines. We have line combinations that we're not going to take too much into account. We have the first preseason game literally tonight. I'm very excited because tonight we finally get to watch Penguins hockey. Understandably, it is preseason. Understandably, we're not going to see everyone. We might not even see very many NHL regulars tonight. But I'm excited. It's going to be a fun game to watch. And then we also have a Pens poll later. So we have a lot of fun content for you on this episode in which I fully expect to actually get video of this time. Video 1 hits, possibly YouTube hits. I'm excited about this episode because there's a lot of fun topics to talk about, but I do think we should we should start off with a topic that is not fun to talk about. And it is the fact that on opening day of training camp, Ron Hextall came out and said in his press conference that Evgeny Malkin is set to miss at least the first two months of the regular season. We didn't know what the timeline was for Evgeny Malkin throughout all of summer because they said he had knee surgery and he's going to miss the beginning of training camp. Now we get to the beginning of training camp and we're told he's going to miss at least two months. Does this change how you look at Ron Hextall's offseason? Um, it makes... you. It, I don't know. It's hard to say exactly because it puts a few, couple of things into perspective. Um, I mean, we probably didn't know that it was going to be two months until recently, but it, mm -hmm. in hindsight, it makes the protection of Jeff Carter... It makes more sense all of a sudden in the expansion draft. Whether or not you still disagree with it, it makes more sense now because like we had to protect our centers unless we wanted to be literally down to Teddy Bluger, our fourth line center at the number one spot. Um, 
but it also kind of makes sense as to how many signings he made. I mean, yeah, signings get made every year, but he made signings of guys that um, have NHL experience. And I think Brian Boyle became the biggest one with 800 games played. And now I think even more so than before, it seems like his spot to lose again. I think I said that last episode, but once again, now that we know Malkin's going to be out for an extended period of time, um, Boyle's the guy that can slip in and just be there for a cup for two months. Maybe he becomes a waiver claim after. Um, but it's an interesting uh, setup now. I think. I think Boyle, it's his spot to lose once again. But and it's all the more reason now. He's a guy that, sure, stick around for two months. Maybe we keep him a little bit longer as a scratch. Maybe he comes in if there's other injuries because we know this team. Uh, but for now. It makes the moves make a little more sense, mm-hmm. and I think that digs all the way back to uh, the expansion draft, where again none of this was really known. The the Crosby situation definitely wasn't, mm-hmm. and at throwing Malkin in there for an extra two months, it just makes it, if you think about it on paper, hey, it's gonna all make it all makes more sense. Crosby was gonna miss the beginning of the season. Malkin's gonna be out for two months. Yeah. You're protecting Carter in that situation, just so you don't go down three centers to start the season. When you look, yeah, to to me, I, I completely agree. When you look at this, clearly he was not aware of the Sidney Crosby situation or the fact that he might need surgery. And also, even with that, I think what a lot of people are looking at now, since that Malkin news hit, is okay. It would be nice to have a guy like Jared McCann, and it would yeah. be nice to have a guy like Jared McCann. But you were not going to be able to keep him and Bluger and Carter all protected without giving up somebody else. You need the center depth. And do you say, oh, maybe we expose Carter? I don't know. That's It's all revisionist history. Hindsight yeah. is twenty twenty. You can't go back and change it. But what you're left with now is a guy in Brian Boyle that you mentioned that, listen, yeah, he's going to start off as most likely a third-line center for this team. Third-line or fourth-line center for this team. He's going to fill one of those two spots. And if he plays well, what's to say Jeff Carter doesn't go to the wing and play with Brian Boyle? What's to say that isn't working? And here's the thing. That is all dependent on if Brian Boyle plays well. At that point, what are we mad about? What what are we mad about? He made a signing that, again, Brian Boyle's not even signed. He's not on this team right now. He's on a PTO. Correct. He could go sign with Philadelphia in two days' time, and we can't say anything about it. Correct. It's a PTO. But I would imagine... Due to the opportunity here, and due to Boyle's age, I'm sure he wants to play wherever he goes. He has an opportunity to play at the be at the very least in the first two months of the season. So I feel like he's probably going to sign a contract here if he's able to perform well enough in the preseason. And he's going to play the first two months and try to earn a spot on this team going forward. So, no. I, I don't think it changes how I look at Ron Hextall's offseason. I, I think if you look at his offseason, it, it makes sense. And then, of course, being hit with Crosby injured, Malkin out two months into the season. It's not going to be easy again for Ron Hextall. He has had a very difficult time as Pittsburgh Penguins general manager. First of all, you come in right off the bat in the middle of a season with no cap space and a team that's basically set where you can't really make any moves. It all, a team also has nothing to really trade away. We didn't really have draft picks. Mm-hmm. We didn't really have prospects. And still, he's able to bring in a guy like Mark Friedman, who was good when he played. 
He was able to bring in a guy like Jeff Carter, and we all remember what Jeff Carter did at the end of last season. So he was behind the eight ball last season. And now this season, yeah, he gets to mold the team a little bit more in the way that he wants to. But now your top two centers are injured and missing the beginning of the season. It, whenever we're looking at the job Ron Hextall has done up to this point, we need to remember what he's gone through up to this point as well. It'll be amazing if he can get this team to remain where they've been the last couple seasons, to remain at the top of the standings, because the odds have definitely been stacked against him. For sure. It's going to be a little more difficult. I think, you know, I, I think Brian Boyle, it's, it's, it's going to be up to him to really step in to be the depth piece while we're, while we're in waiting almost. Um, but we're starting off at what it, what feels like um, three steps behind, three seconds mm-hmm. behind. It's um, going to be a little harder to play catch up if we're not winning right away, if we're not mm-hmm. having some general success to start. I think it'll be a little difficult. But, man, I mean, look around at some of the other PTOs that were signed this year. There's a ton of them. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that Brian Boyle is a bad choice, but I mean – if we knew if if we knew all this was gonna happen, I don't think Boyle would have been our signing. Hell no. I wasn't wasn't like someone from the blues available for a long time. I don't know if he was available for a PTO, but I know Robbie Thomas just signed an extension. He was an RFA. Who am I thinking of? Someone just signed James a Neal just signed a PTO. James Neal just signed a PTO. That's not who I was thinking of. Alex Galchenyuk th- signed one in Arizona. I thought like not Jaden Schwartz. Maybe it was Jaden Schwartz. No, Jaden Schwartz signed a large contract. Or one of the Shens? Was it one of the Shens? I don't remember. No, Some, I don't think. someone was still available for a long time. And I'm thinking, how did we land with Brian Boyle? Not that he's bad, but I mean, Eric Stahl is still out there, by the way. Yeah, Eric that's, Stahl is still an option. That's kind of some of the things I was looking up is. If we would have known all this going in, I don't think Brian Boyle would have been our PTO, I think. I still think he would have been, just because, yeah, you sign him to a PTO, and that doesn't hit your salary cap yet, but Eric Stahl is going to cost more against the cap than Brian Boyle whenever he signs, even if it's off a PTO. That's fair. Also, Joseph Blandese is still available if we want to Yeah, no, I'd rather, have, I'd rather have Brian Boyle. <laughs> Good. Um, yeah, it, it'll just be interesting. I think there was a t- – I just wanted to ho- like talk about how there was just a ton on a PTO signed this mm-hmm. offseason, it seemed. Um, yeah. But yeah, this should, we just got, we can't get behind the eight ball. Cannot get no. behind the eight ball to start the season. That's all it is. And, and it, the fact is, we already kind of are, and you're just hoping that injuries do not persist to start the season because mm-hmm. we, we can take several injuries, but we can only take that if one of our two stars is healthy. That's how this, this roster is built, whether you like it or not. And the fact that is that right now, both of them are going to miss the beginning of the season. Now, do those injuries to Malkin and Sidney Crosby, do they lessen your excitement for the beginning of the hockey season? Or are you still right there? I'm still right there. I'm still very mm-hmm. excited because A, it's the Pittsburgh Penguins and hockey. And B, hey, this era isn't going to last forever, right? We, right. We may as well get used to seeing games like this um, without those two in the lineup, which we've seen a lot more often recently, really. Yeah, but not um, never really both of them. Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm getting at. Like we have never really seen it until 2019. It happened. And Did it? Yeah, whenever the it was the core muscle surgery for Crosby. 
Yeah, but there was only a couple games that they, they both missed. More than normal. That's true. More than normal. That's what I'm getting at here. So um, it'll just be interesting, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I'm still excited, and it's just a little practice round, I guess, for whenever this team doesn't have those two in the future. Yeah, and that's what I like about it. That's I. If not, I might be more excited because, listen, Crosby's going to miss, what, a week? possibly two weeks. That is not going to be a massive detriment to this team's playoff chances. I still trust that Sidney Crosby can lead this team, especially even without Evgeny Malkin. We saw that on multiple occasions throughout both of their careers. We saw that last season. This team made the postseason in spite of Evgeny Malkin as their second line center last year. And I don't want to talk bad about Malkin too much, but the guy had eight goals last year. He did face injury at the end of the season, clearly playing on shattered knee literally no knee but also at the beginning of the season he was not good people forget that he was not good for the entire on honestly the entire first month close to two months so it's basically like this year where you're not going to have that production that we usually get from Evgeny Malkin Sidney Crosby is able to lead this team it'd be better if Malkin was there to help but he's not so all this team needs to do is make it the first couple of weeks without Sidney Crosby and it's business, not as usual, but it's back to business as usual for the most part. But I am excited for those first two weeks because, listen, you mentioned it. This era is not going to last forever. This era is actually coming to a close fairly quickly, it seems. Now, we get to we get to see how this starts with what this team kind of looks like going into the future. Yeah, with Malkin continuing to get injured more and more, it's, uh, oh boy, it's, things look to be ramping up quickly on his part, part of it. Yeah. <laughs> that's not good man and in a contract year for him no less oh boy mm-hmm. oh boy <laughs> everyone get ready for the future <laughs> it makes sense as to why they didn't sign the extension in august you kind of want to wait to see what he looks like after a massive knee surgery at the age of what 37 so 37 uh, five? Oh no i don't remember not 37 mm-hmm Jeff Carter's 37. Let's let's watch ourselves a little bit. Well, while you look that up, we're going to take a quick break. When we return, we're going to look at some of the early line combinations at Penguins training camp, as well as get you set up for tonight's preseason opener against the Columbus Blue Jackets. We'll be right back. Week three of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week four with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any game this week to receive $150 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game this weekend. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. 
Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg Podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network, as well as DraftKings. Make sure you use promo code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook app for great odds and opportunities. Again, that is promo code THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network. We're getting set for Season 3 of the Tip of the Iceberg here, but we're still winding down Season 2 in preparation for the beginning of October, whenever we flip our calendar, our podcasting calendar, to Season 3. And while we do that, Horwat, how wrong was I? How old is Evgeny Malkin? Oh, Malkin is 35. 35. So Carter's also still 36. Uh, Who but, is 37 then? Oh, uh, no one. Marc-Andre Fleury is 37. Oh, That's yeah. where my brain went. Okay, yeah. Uh, Malkin's 35. Carter is 36, but turning 37 on New Year's Day. And Brian Boyle, because I thought I got got him confused in there. No, it's also 36, but we'll turn 37 December 18th, I think I saw. So Jeff they Carter's all... a New Year's baby. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, everyone's getting old. Everyone, everyone is getting old. The Penguins are, I mean, they've habitually been in the top 10 in, in average age the last, like, five seasons. Of our age right now, of who's on the roster, on cap friendly at least, the average age is 28.6. So, I think the tops in the league is usually, and I'm sure that this year it's going to be the Islanders because they just added Chara. But last year, the Islanders were second, the Capitals were first, and their average ages were around 29. Ooh. So, um, I mean, the Islanders added Zach Parise, who's 37, and they then they added Zdeno Chara, who's 44. So, Ooh, yeah, their he- average age is going to be up there. The Capitals' average age is currently 30 on the nose. Wow. And the Islanders, who have, like, no cap space for the first time in a long time, 29.1. So, we got something rolling for us. Yeah. <laughs> We're not the oldest in the Metropolitan Division, but... And that was just forwards, all of that. I should clarify that. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, yeah. Uh, but, we are looking like one of the youngest now. With, with Crosby and Malkin out, all of a sudden, you have <laughs> two older guys older gentlemen in, in Jeff Carter and Brian Boyle and a bunch of young guys or, you know, mid-20s in their prime guys. So let's look at these early line combinations in camp. Now, we do need to preface this with mm-hmm. the fact that the Penguins split their players up into three different teams. So once they all get together as one unit, I'm sure these lines are going to look a little bit different. But as of right now, this is what the Penguins are rocking with. First line, as we can, you know, the best we can we can gain from this, there's a line of Jake Gensel, Jeff Carter, and Danton Heinen. I, I'm not sure. I mean, our buddy and good friend of the show and host of Forechecking TV, Doug Gladke, he said he, he's all in with Danton Heinen being a first liner right now to see how it fits. Obviously, Jake Gensel is our first-line left winger. He's the best left winger we have on the team. He's one of the top left wingers in the sport right now. So, yeah, that's fine. Jeff Carter, probably our most skilled center as of right now. So that makes sense as well. Danton Heinen, to me, is interesting because he was kind of, I don't want to say offensively inept because he played on the Anaheim Ducks. So you understand what happens there. But he was also pretty good when he was with the Boston Bruins when it came to putting the puck in the net, when it came to ramping up points, when it came to offensive ability. So, I don't know. I don't hate this as a first line going into the season. 
What did I say before? Dan Heinen seems like the type is going to be like Pascal Dupuis out of nowhere for no reason. Yeah. Well, first line wing is right where Pascal Dupuis played for a long time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not Crosby at center, but um, that position's a good start for him, especially for him whenever he's the guy that has the most question, not question marks, but the most air of what do we have with him mm-hmm. going in. So I think that's a hell of a spot to learn what you have with him. Yeah. Now, when I look at the rest of this lineup, it looks like Mike Sullivan is saying, let's spread out the wealth. Let's spread our talent all around this lineup. That way, we can always have a a threat to score on the ice. And with that, the second line is exactly the second line of last season, except take out Evgeny Malkin, whose knee did not look good in that picture that he posted on social media. It looked banged up. Obviously, he just had surgery on multiple tendons. But... You have Zahorna in there. Redeem Zahorna as a second-line center. Definitely not something I thought I'd be saying to start this season, but Zahorna centered Zucker and Kapanen early on in this training camp. What do you think of that line? I don't hate it. Redeem Zahorna seems to be um, Hextall's guy right now. I think when uh, Crosby was announced with his surgery, Hextall named a couple of guys that's going to be their opportunity, and I believe Zahorna was among them. So he's going to have all eyes on him no matter what, because they seem like they're going to implement him into the lineup and let him play his game. And hopefully he's good enough to probably stay a regular if things all work out. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the players on this line in Kasperi Kapanen, so far in this training camp, has really had a lot of main character energy to him. (laughs) Do you get that sense? Like, he's really kind of being the face of this team right now. It's because he's young, and <clears throat> you put the camera on the young people. And that's just because, like, Crosby and Malkin aren't there. And, yeah, there's Jake, but um, Jake gets more of the national media attention, I'd say. Jake's also not that vocal. He doesn't seem it. I don't know. He seems... I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, Kaplan is just a different... He's a character. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. You said he's main character. Exactly. Yes, he's a character. Um, It's, uh... It's... He's just an excitable guy, and I think being one of the rare social media people, like social media players, that that doesn't hurt. He's He knows a brand when he sees it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and obviously him copying the Brandon Tanev headshot from last year and posting it online. Uh, the know, video... that, that's what I mean. That That's the main character type feel that he's putting off right now. The video of, of the back the behind the scenes video of someone telling him to do it though kind of killed it for me. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I thought it was I mean, just a natural thing, but no. Someone said, "Hey, take the picture of like Tana." Yeah, I mean, <laughs> not bad enough. at it. Just kills the vibe. Yeah. So Zucker is a horn of Kapanen. That could be a pretty good line. Obviously, we saw Zucker and Kapanen together a lot last year, but listen, we don't know what we have with Redeem Zahorna. He only played in eight games last season. He's a tall guy that from what we saw in the NHL has some pretty good hands. He's pretty decent on the puck and he's a little bit faster than you would expect a guy of his size. But other than that, I'm not sure about his capability of jumping into this role between these two players. I'm excited to see it. I think that's a line that we should see on tonight's game. I would like to see, honestly, I'd like to see this lineup. You're far enough out from regular games. I'd like to see this lineup to see how these guys play, but I know that's not going to happen. Right. Did you see what Jason Zucker had to say about himself, though? 
Yeah, very disappointed in his season last year, which obviously everybody else is. But I'm glad to see that he's obviously taking responsibility for it, but it mm-hmm. also tracks very well with his character. Yeah, so in other words, watch for him to score 30, 40 goals this year. Let's Ooh. let's go. 40 is a... I don't Ooh. know. I threw, throw numbers out. All I know is he's got to score more. He said he's going to shoot more. So I think um, if his goal is to score more... Hell yeah, we're here for that, so we have to give him his chance. Sure, he was injured last year, but even not, you know, even whenever he wasn't injured, things didn't look great. So, yeah, he's a guy to watch this season. Now, I feel like we've been kind of spending a little much too time on each individual line, so I'll say the last two lines, and then we'll just give our overall thoughts. The third line technically was Sam Poulan, Brian Boyle, and Brian Rust. A very interesting line i i don't know how to say it because i definitely didn't see those three even when we knew brian boyle was coming to camp i did not expect to see poolan boyle and rust on the ice at the same time i i i'm I'm just picturing poolan and rust just like being eight steps ahead of boyle just in speed game (laughs) like i mean even sam poolan is not that fast though he's pretty quick though i think i mean he's a big man but Mm -hmm. um for 6-1, he's pretty quick. I think Russ isn't, you know, really, Russ isn't the total fastest either, but... Russ is one of the fastest players on this team. Oh, now Sneak. all this... Speaking, Speaking of fast. fastest... Yeah, other off-air things. Okay. Yeah. Sneaky fast. I think... That's just interesting. Mm-hmm. I just, that's just an interesting one. It's a line that might be a lot of fun. Yeah. Any line with Boyle on it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, yeah, correct. Any line with Boyle on it is going to be interesting. Plus, you know, Sam Poland being put in one of the top lines to start training camp shows exactly what they think of him. I mean, it doesn't help that Philip Hollander is hurt with a nagging lower body injury, which, I mean, you were at development camp. Did it seem like he was hurt? Kid looked fine. <laughs> so I, I don't know what nagging lower body injury he's dealing with, but he is day-to-day right now, and he is going to be missing a couple days of camp, which is not going to help him get a roster spot by any means. So, so who knows? Maybe this opens the door for a guy like Sam Poulin. Something will do. I mean, Hollander's a center too, right? He's a center, but I believe he also plays on the sides. Ah. Well, yeah. So. He's, on cap friendly, he is just a center. Okay. But I feel like you look at the centers here, Carter, Zahorna, Boyle, and Bluger. He would have to obviously not miss any camp and play pretty well to probably pass one of these guys. Yeah. Yeah. I think mean, still has a chance at it because he's got experience. He's got if if you have the drive for it. It's not like it's a he was he's been taking maintenance days so far. So it's not like it's mm-hmm. hey, he's out for this amount of time. Yeah. It's just day to day. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last line that, that we saw out there is kind of a line that was probably the most expected out of any of these four. And that was Zach Aston, Reese, Teddy Bluger, and Brock McGinn. Obviously, you put Zach Aston, Reese, and Teddy Bluger back together. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, the second he was signed, started comparing Brock McGinn to Brandon Tanev. So it only makes sense that you're going to open camp with Brock McGinn in Brandon Tanev's slot. Yeah, that makes sense. So and I guess there are comparables already between the two. So Yeah, I, I think there are a certain number of measurable facts that the two have in common. And I think that McGinn, for the reasons that Brandon Tanev succeeded on that line, I think McGinn could succeed on that line as well. So it makes sense that that's where he starts. Because basically, it is a spot that is slotted for a player of McGinn's ilk. 
I, I get I don't know ilk is a weird word to use. I, I, I tried it. I tried it. I didn't like it. I'll probably never use it again. But of Brock McGinn's caliber, that's probably a slot where, in the past couple of seasons, his skill set fits into what they wanted there. So it makes sense that he's there. So that is the 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 lineup that we've seen. Now all of these lines are on different teams. Gensel Zucker Heinen. Sorry, Gensel Carter Heinen, Zucker Zahorna, Kapanen, Poulan, Boyle, Russ, Czar, Bluger, and McGinn. That's what we're seeing at the start of camp. Clearly, it's going to change by, by game one, but that's what we're seeing as of right now. If you want to keep your bingo cards ready, that's what you have for week one of training camp. What we're going to see tonight in the game could also be different than that. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on, out for the lineup that's going to come out for tonight, but let's talk about it a little bit. Because the Penguins are going to play the Columbus Blue Jackets in the very first preseason game of this preseason. It's a home game, so it'll be in PPG Paints Arena. What is one thing that you want to see tonight? Um, Unless they haven't done it yet, this is an off-ice thing. Did the arena announce you have to be vaccinated to go there? I don't did remember. P- did PPG specifically, because I know a lot of other arenas have, and it'd yeah. be nice for them to follow suit. Um, that's just a side note. Other from the game wise, though, what I would like to see is uh, you know, new guys. I want to see what the new faces look like in game situations, not just training camp or prospect camp. I want to see some of these young faces, some of these new guys, and see what they are capable of doing in a Penguins uniform in a game, albeit preseason game situation. I think that's what I'm looking for. I just want to see what these guys can do. Is it on TV? Probably not. First game's usually on radio. The first game usually is on radio. I don't have that at the ready right now. I'm trying to find the uh, protocols, the COVID-19 protocols for the Pittsburgh Penguins currently. Yeah, I'm scrolling through their Twitter and I haven't seen anything yet. Uh, Masks for all attendees regardless of vaccination status. That works too for now. They announced that one a while ago though. Yeah, but this article is from September 23rd, which was last week. So cool so yeah you don't i guess you don't have to be vaccinated just yet but you do have to wear a mask regardless so what i want to see out of this game there's actually a, three things that i would like to see i want to see both Poulan and legere play i know we didn't mention legere in that lineup but i'm assuming that he's going to get the opportunity to play tonight so i want to see both of them and see how they play because the last time we saw them in a penguins uniform in a preseason game was two years ago so i want to see what they've improved upon since then. Obviously, we've watched them in the QMJHL. Obviously, we've watched them in preseason, in training camps, in in training atmospheres, in our inter-squad scrimmages the last couple of preseasons. But I want to see what they look like going up against competition that is not from Pittsburgh. So I'm interested in seeing that. Possible first looks at Heinen and McGinn if they play. Obviously, Heinen being put on a line with Carter and Gensel. I want to see what they see in him. I want to see what he looks like now. And I also want to see Brock McGinn just because he is also the new big addition for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And then net play. Who's between the pipes tonight? A lot of people are saying Philip Lindbergh, if he has a really good camp, could impress and make a stake for possibly being in the NHL. I don't see it whatsoever. Not I don't with... think there's a chance in hell. Yeah. So I want to see who's in the net tonight. Does Lindbergh get the nod? Does the Oreo start? Do we see one of the two big guys and the Smith or Jari and, and Jari's fancy new black pads? Who do we see between the net and how do they perform? 
That's what I want to see. Could it even be Napier or Brochu? I mean, maybe. It's the first uh, yeah. preseason game. It's a crapshoot. We don't yeah, know who's all, going out there. All hold, no holds barred in this game. Just have at it. It's basically um, like a pickup game of people with contracts. Yeah, it's like, hey, have you signed some sort of contract with the team? Yes. Are you an usher? Yeah. I don't care. Suit up. Get out are, there. Are you affiliated with the Pittsburgh Penguins? Okay, put a jersey on. Get out there. Wouldn't be shocked to see Lemieux strap one up for that. Like, I'd rather see Dana Heinze out there. I watch. I want to see Dana Heinze because he's also a goaltender. So I want to see Dana Heinze between the pipes. He seemed to still have a little bit of speed whenever I watched him run past the rink uh, during uh, prospect camp. <laughs> <laughs> Still got some legs under him, so. Yeah, that I guess that's something else we got to look for. How's Taglianetti and Heinze? How, how how are they operating here early on in the season? There's a broken stick. Fun. We're going to have to see. I need coffee, man. This is wild. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tired. Well, we're going to take a quick break. That way Horlock can recharge his batteries for the last segment of the show. Uh. When we come back, we'll have our pens poll. Hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg Podcast. I'm Nick Berlansky. That's Sleeping Beauty. I mean, Nick Horwat. And we are going to wrap this show up with our weekly pens poll. Oh, man, Horwat. Don't you love Saturday morning recordings? What even was the Pens poll, man? The Pens poll was, if you could choose one of these things to happen this season, which would you choose? The winner was Tristan Jari winning the Grant Jennings Trophy, which obviously it would be Jari and DeSmith and whoever else played for the Penguins in net. And if you don't know, the Jennings Trophy goes to the goaltending duo that allowed the least amount of goals during the season. 48% of our voters said, yeah, no, I'd like that one. I'll, I'll take that one, please. Thank you. And I think mainly because... If Tristan Jari and Casey DeSmith win the Jennings Trophy, I'm pretty sure the Pittsburgh Penguins should be, you know, at least in a playoff spot, probably going to win their division if that's the case. When's the last... Has a, Jenny, has a Jennings Trophy pair ever missed the playoffs? I don't, no, I, I really don't think so. Now I got, like, off-recording research to do. Um, yeah, your offense would have to be inept if you, le- if you were the league leaders in goals allowed, yet you still didn't make the playoffs. You would have that. You would really have to be. Other than that, what were the other options? Because that one makes a lot of sense. Because it would also mean a bounce back year for Tristan Jari. Yeah, you would also imagine he would finish in the top ten in both goals allowed average, save percentage, and probably goals saved above average as well. But yeah, he would have to. Yeah, forty-eight percent of our our voters, and it wasn't a particularly close poll because after that, Jake Gensel scores one one hundred points. That got 24% of the vote. Brian Rust scoring 40 goals. That was 18% of the vote. And John Marino leading the NHL in plus minus. That got 10% of the vote. That would cons- that would be considered a bounce back for John Marino mm-hmm. too. So I'm all aboard the, what's it called, train. The Jake Gensel train. 100 points just mm-hmm. because I've been wanting him to score damn near 50 goals every year for a while now. Yeah. Um, I think that would be my hill to die on. That's going to be the choice I take. Also, when did the LA Kings not make the playoffs? Because uh, <laughs> getting sidetracked here, it looks like Jonathan Quick won in 17-18 by himself. Yeah. Sometimes you can win by yourself. Because yeah, Braden they Holby, made the playoffs. 
that year, 17-18? They did, and they lost to the Vegas Golden Knights in round one, and Jonathan Quick stood on his head, but still wasn't able to win a game. Okay, yep, because 16-17. Yeah, it looks like still. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. But, no, Jake Gensel scoring 100 points is... This was if you could maybe get a genie wish and pick one of these to definitely happen, which one. And I understand the Tristan Jari one because it does mean good things for the Penguins as a whole. I genuinely believe Jake Gensel is going to hit 100 points this year. That'd be awesome. I genuinely believe it. If he can stay healthy, which, I mean, barring that one injury, he's been able to stay fairly healthy throughout his career. And this past offseason, he said that he knew he needed to get bigger. So hopefully he accomplished that. I haven't really seen anything along those lines. I haven't seen much of Jake Gensel in camp so far. But I think he has the ability to score 100 points. He can play with either Crosby or Malkin. He's shown that he can do it by himself. We're really going to get the opportunity to see that early in the season with both of them injured. See how he plays with a guy like Jeff Carter. And he's been over a point a game player the last couple of seasons. Yeah. Even if he just falls along those lines, that's 85 points. Do I think that he's able to get a little bit better and score that 100? I do. Especially if Crosby comes back and you put somebody like Jason Zucker on that first line with Gensel and Crosby, allowing Gensel to not have to be the net front presence. He's fine in that role. He scored a point per game last season in that role. But when he's not in that role, he's even more lethal. And if he's able to do that, then I think he scores 100 points. Yeah, I can see it. It's uh, it 100 points is hard to do in this league anymore. It is. Um, it's really Unless a question. Unless McDavid. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's a real question of whether or not anyone can do it this year in a, in a given year. Uh, but if scoring is going back up, which is a, which is what I think the league wants to see, is you know, that push for more offense again, why not um, Jake Ensel playing, along playing alongside Sidney Crosby for um, as much of the season as possible? Yeah. I think it makes a lot of sense. It looks like, sounds like a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So before we go, for the first time this week, with preseason game one tonight, how excited are you that hockey is back? You know, you can say what you want, but hockey is back. It may not seem like it, but I swear I am very excited about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, what's going on with me this week? I don't know. I, I start playing deck hockey soon again this fall, so that'll be fun. Hopefully I don't uh, break anything. I haven't ran in a long time. Just protect your vocal cords and you'll be fine for the <laughs> podcast. Uh, yeah, probably. Um. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'm super excited for hockey to be back. If anyone remembers just or can find it, go back and find our episode where we discussed preseason hockey. So mm-hmm. you know where our stances are on it because I'm jacked about it. I like seeing these kind of games because I like seeing what the future has for us and I like seeing more organizational players. Mm-hmm. That's what this preseason is all about, especially this year when we know two stars at least won't be seeing any game time and there's just spots to be filled. Yep. It's going to be a fun, entertaining battle for uh, the Penguins. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Tip of the Iceberg. We thank everybody that is tuned in. We thank everybody that honestly has tuned in throughout the offseason. We understand that sometimes you don't want to listen to hockey talk in the middle of July, in the middle of August, which is the slow season for the NHL. But we do want to thank everybody that is tuned in. Our numbers have been consistent. And we love all of our listeners, and thank you so much for that. We're excited for another season of Pittsburgh Penguins hockey. We're excited for another season of the Tip of the Iceberg. And we're excited to have each and every one of you with us. We'll see you guys on Thursday. And we'll see you guys tonight watching the Penguins and the Columbus Blue Jackets. Preseason game one. Have a good one, Pence fans.
You can follow us on Twitter at NickHorwat41 and at Nick underscore Berlansky. You can also follow the show's Twitter handle at Iceberg Podcast. This podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcasts from, so please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. We are brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. You can visit them on Twitter at HockeyPodNet or at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. Every team, everywhere.